0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.
2: David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me.
1: But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blue part? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development,
3: From wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 70, Rob Parker.
4: Welcome into another edition of Inside the Parker. I'm your host, Rob Parker. And oh, what a show we have for you today. Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddux. He'll stop by the podcast and talk about... Some baseball and his former team, the Atlanta Braves. Also, Jason Beck from MLB.com. He'll give us an update on the Tigers, one of the teams that still just can't make the playoffs. Let's go.
3: Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number
4: one. Shohei Otani had surgery on his UCL, and uh, that was on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, they didn't call it Tommy John surgery, but essentially that's what it was. The doctors say that he will be able to hit, be ready for opening day in 2024, but will not be able to pitch until 2025. Okay. Otani's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. He's been shut down, obviously, with the surgery. And a lot of people are wondering, well, he cost himself a lot of money with the injury. He's probably not going to get the same five, six $600 million that would sound like was going to be on the table. I disagree. I think he's still going to command a lot of money. I think people, if he's just an everyday outfielder and swinging the bat the way that he's been swinging it as a two-way player, he's still going to get that kind of money. And he's an international star his appeal to Japanese people and Japanese baseball fans is huge. Any organization that signs Shohei Otani will get a spike in revenue, tickets, merchandise, TV ratings. I mean, I just, I think he's still going to command and get $500 million and be the highest paid player in baseball. And and I think, he has put himself in that rarefied air with what he's done the last couple of years, and especially this year, even despite the injury.
3: Number two.
4: The Tampa Bay Rays have announced a new stadium in St. Petersburg, $1.3 billion stadium. The big quote out there where our Rays are here to stay. And this all sounds nice and well. But where are the damn fans? That's what I want to know. I mean, and then of all things, they're building a 30,000-seat stadium. 30,000? Is this an NBA game? Why are they building a 30,000-seat stadium? I'd love for it to be intimate and all that, but they know deep down they can't get 40 or 50 that good teams get on a regular basis. The Dodgers draw almost 4 million people a year. They're good. The Rays have been to the World Series twice in the last number of years. They're always in the playoff mix over the last decade. And people don't show up. When they started the season winning 12 or 13 in a row, the place was empty. It was a ghost town. Tumbleweeds were going past first base. Tampa is not a good baseball town. I'm sorry. And build a stadium, let the team stay. But I think it's always, whenever Tampa's involved, it's bad for baseball as far as people wanting to watch the enthusiasm of Tampa Bay. I'm, I, I know it's a major league town. I know it has NFL football. I know it has the NHL. Baseball has been a strikeout in Tampa Bay and building a 30,000 seat stadium. I, I just, I, Good luck. It'll be embarrassing if they can't even sell out the 30,000 seats.
3: Number three.
4: Here we go again. September, October, and, yes, the Dodgers are an unbelievable team heading into the postseason, and their pitching is a hot mess. It just is. Number two starter, Julio Urias, right? He's out following a d- domestic violence Incident, it's a second, probably will never pitch for the Dodgers. Don't forget, their ace, Walker bueller has been out all year. Uh, so he's not there. And then Clayton Kershaw is just old and continues to break down. They're talking about using openers for the Tigers. You know, where you start a guy, pitches one or two innings, and then you go to the bullpen, an opener instead of a starter. For the Dodgers in the playoffs, that's how they got beat last year by the Padres. The Padres had stud starters, and the Tigers were were putting together a mixed bag of pitchers and openers and having bullpen games in the postseason. This will be another disappointing postseason for the Dodgers who have such great players. I get injury. I get some of this stuff. is nothing that they can do. But, man, how many times is this going to happen to them? A couple years ago, they traded for Max Scherzer. He couldn't even pitch in the playoffs. You remember he had to bow out of the most important game of the postseason. The Dodgers seem to be snake bit when it comes to pitching and their rotation when it comes to the postseason. If you're a Dodger fan, I would be bummed out, for real. I mean, another great season, winning all these games will amount to nothing, and they'll still have that one World Series, which they won in 2020, uh, going back to 1988. Thanks. Thanks for nothing.
5: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's outspoken network for a year, and what a year it has been! Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Make Wokef Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so
4: good. Now let's welcome into the podcast. Hall of Fame pitcher, Greg Maddox. Greg, welcome to the podcast, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Greg Maddox has a baseball company. It's called Maddox Baseball Company, which is a consulting and recruiting service for high school players or junior college or transfer players looking to play baseball at that next level. Uh, The company will help all skill level players and especially those who can uh, help who are having a hard time, I should say, in being seen or communicating with schools. Greg, that sounds like an ambitious and a fun project. Tell me about the Maddox Baseball Company.
7: Well, you know, my son spent six, seven years in college. You know, he was a redshirt plus a COVID year. And uh, uh, as he was being recruited, he was having a hard time finding a place to play. So, uh, you know, he decided to start his own company and try to help kids you know, get seen a little bit more, just get a little bit more exposure. He knows a ton of college coaches, uh, especially around the West Coast area. And, uh, you know, he loves baseball. He wants to stay in the game. At the same time, he uh, gets a chance to help kids, coach them both mentally, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to pitching. So uh, uh, I'm glad he's doing something that he's loved his whole life.
4: That's awesome. That sounds like something that uh, can be put to use by a lot of people, no doubt about yeah. it. And of course, a guy, a Hall of Fame pitcher like you, you can only only help somebody. I'm sure you're involved. How how much are you involved?
7: Uh, I'm. He's doing the whole thing on his own. You know, I'm just trying to help him get word out and do a little uh, advertising for him. And uh, but he's got it all down. You know, he's a smart kid. Understands. Uh, you know all the all the numbers, the, the the new scouting methods now with the rap Soto and all that stuff. He's uh, on top of all that. So he's able to uh, get the players numbers and turn them into the appropriate schools.
4: Very nice. Let's talk about your former team, the Atlanta Braves. And my goodness, that team is a juggernaut. The lineup is ridiculous. Uh, the numbers being put up by players, Matt Olson uh, set the franchise record for home runs now with 52 People are wondering can he do sixty? Uh it's not too many teams that uh can can have such a lineup. Tell us about the Braves and how good they are. It feels like they're gonna win the World Series.
7: Well, they're I mean, they're stacked and they're loaded, you know. They're uh starting pitching's good, the bullpen's good, the offense is great. Uh they've always played good defense, you know. Uh coaching staff's outstanding too. So I mean, uh they you know, it's just a matter of going out and getting it done, you know. I think uh we all understand why what can happen in October in uh, you know baseball postseason? So uh, hopefully they'll continue hot and roll into uh, the postseason. You know, like they have all year.
4: The the Braves have some magic going. I don't care what anybody says. You lose a guy like Freddie Freeman, who's a franchise type player, right? He goes to the Dodgers. You make a trade and get Matt Olson and this guy. It, it, like you didn't miss a beat. Most teams yeah. would miss a Freddie Freeman if he left.
7: Well, you got to give props to the GM on that one. You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, the Scouting's has always been very good in Atlanta, and uh, they understand talent when they see it.
4: How about Ronald Acuna Jr.? I mean, we, we already know he's uh, stolen bases, 40 home runs, yeah. just the season that just he's had.
7: Basic, just, just your basic five-tool player. <laughs> he can do it all, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's why the Braves are good. You know They've got a lot of good players on their team, and uh, you know they come to the ballpark ready to win every night. They're expected to win, and uh, they're okay with that.
4: Yeah, and uh, how about, the, you know, people thought coming into the season, obviously the Mets had picked up Verlander. Uh, they thought they were going to be a, a test for the uh, Braves in the division, and it d- that didn't pan out. How about some of these teams that went out, spent money, got really good players, San Diego and the Mets, those teams are going to be on the sidelines. Uh, Does it say anything about just spending money or is it more about just the chemistry and putting together the right teams, Greg?
7: Well, obviously it's the chemistry and putting together the right teams, you know, and uh, if you have money, it'll afford you the right to go out and get the best player to fill those needs. But, uh, you know, you don't always hit a home run when you sign these players to all these big contracts, you know. I know uh, DeGrom over in Texas got hurt, you know, best pitcher in the game, and uh, uh, you know, it happens. It happens sometimes, but uh, you know, you just hope it don't happen to your king.
4: No doubt. Uh, Our guest is Greg Maddox, the Hall of Fame pitcher, who, of course, uh, pitched for the Cubs and the Braves. Uh, But let me ask you about the change in pitching, and we saw On Tuesday night, Blake Snell from the Padres pitching a no-hitter through seven innings, 100 pitches, and they take him out of the game. Greg, what has changed in baseball (laughs) that you could take a guy out pitching a no-hitter? He didn't have 140 pitches. He had 100 pitches. Were you surprised by that?
7: I'm always surprised. I'm surprised when the guy's got a shutout going and they take him out, let alone a no-hitter. Uh You know, it's just kind of the way the game's changed now. You know, I think uh, teams are are building their pitching staffs around their bullpens more now. And, uh, uh, you know, the stats say that fourth time through the lineup, the hitter's got a, you know, a lot more of an advantage than he did the first three at-bats, and they like to bring in the bullpen. So, uh, you know, luckily, I'm glad I'm not playing right now. You know, I think (laughs) uh, I I enjoyed pitching the eighth and ninth inning, you know all the time
4: yeah I just I just if you're pitching a great game I remember two years ago it might have been two years ago do you remember when uh they took Clayton Kershaw out he was pitching a perfect game he had 80 pitches Greg through seven innings and their their justification was that they they want they didn't want him to get hurt and they didn't want him to pitch any extra innings and you know and he could wind up getting hurt they take him out of a perfect game and he still got hurt
7: yeah, I don't. I think he might have been coming back off an injury in that one, and he was kind of on a pitch count, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, but still, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's a shame, you know. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, it, it it's just it was a big thrill to go out there for the ninth inning and actually close the game out. You know, I think uh, uh, it's a special feeling to throw a complete game, and the pitchers today are are missing out on that
4: no no doubt i'm with you on that one last thing i want to ask you about uh, shohei ohtani who uh had surgery um is not going will, will be able to hit next year in 2024 starting on opening day but will not pitch again until 2025 uh there was a guy named babe ruth who gave up pitching and just became a hitter uh do you think shohei should go that route or should he continue to to do both once he heals up
7: well, I mean, that's totally his call. You know, uh, I know as a fan, I certainly enjoy watching him do both. But uh, that's the decision I think he's going to have to make along with his organization that he's with. And and, uh, you know, you just got to sit back in the weeds and kind of wish him the best. You know, he's uh, obviously a fantastic player. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, we've never seen nothing like it. So it's no. uh, it was pretty fun to watch.
4: No doubt. It sure was. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where he winds up as a free agent. Again, let's thanks uh, Greg Maddox for stopping by and check out the Maddox Baseball Company. It's a consulting and recruiting service for high school players or junior college or transfers. And this is for uh, players looking to play baseball at the next level. So check it out. Maddox Baseball Company. Greg, we appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me, guys.
3: It's time for the Pocket Protector Central. The analytic numbers you need to know. Well, maybe. Anthony Masterson is his
4: name. BS Analytics is his game. What do you got for me, Anthony?
8: The prevailing thought with the rule changes this season that banned shifts would lead to a large increase in an old standard, batting average. And in a way it did. League average went up 6 points from when it nearly bottomed out last year at 243, the lowest since the year of the pitcher in 1968. OPS went up 30 points from last year, slugging up 20 points, and of course, runs and steals up tremendously. But individually, the differences haven't really been terribly drastic. As of September 19th, there are only nine hitters that qualify for the batting title that are hitting 300 or higher, the fewest in a full season since 1968, when the mound was then lowered to make it easier on hitters, and the second fewest for a season in the live ball era, which dates back to 1920. Batting average on balls in play, or BABIP, a metric that hovers around the 300 mark every year, jumped from 290 last year to 297 this year, the largest one-year increase in 30 years, while isolated power, which subtracts average from slugging percentage, rose 14 points, the highest one-year increase in a decade. No player has benefited more from no shifts than the Rangers' Corey Seager, who hit 245 last year while getting shifted in 92% of his plate appearances? This year, he's leading the AL in average at 333, an increase in nearly 90 points of average on his way to a likely second-place finish in AL MVP voting. Time will tell how we remember offense in 2023, but there is definitely a difference.
3: That ball is. It was a big week in the big leagues. Who's up? Who's up? Or is it fair? And now, from MLBBro.com, here's JR Gamble.
4: Adding a third wildcard team has been working for baseball. JR, is it foul or fair to say that adding a fourth wildcard team in each league will enhance the playoffs and the MLB product even more? Fair.
9: It's a fair ball. The wildcard races are crazy in both the American League and National League. In fact, the NL has a handful of teams still slugging it out. And this is just what baseball wanted. The third wildcard spot. MLB implemented last season has added an extra importance and significance to the last 15 games of the season which in the past was not as exciting until they added the second wild card and now the third. It's clear that baseball is winning. The regular season has healthy ratings despite some attendance issues in certain small market franchises who most importantly aren't winning like Oakland but the wild card has ensured that even Even teams who most likely aren't constructed to win a World Series, but are good enough to make the playoffs, keep their fans involved by snagging one of three available wildcard slots. So why not four? That's just more excitement, more revenue, more inclusion for MLB fans more money for MLB coffers. Baseball had to find a way to keep the small market teams who won't ever really spend to contend annually and their faithful fans involved past August. Adding the wild card has been a winner and replacing the two single elimination wild card games, which was unfair, with four three-game series is a baseball bonanza. Opponents of this idea will say, We already have 12 of 30 teams in the playoffs. And I say, what's two more? Can't see where this hurts at all. Let's up it to four wildcard teams. More playoff teams means more interest. More fans locked into the season. More chances for upsets. And chances for incredible storylines that make baseball great.
3: Turn money into more money. Now it's time for Betting on the Bases with Dave Gascott. Love that
1: money. Love that money. Rob, what's up, man? We're closing out another season of Major League Baseball and just a couple weeks left in the regular season, so this is what we got over the weekend. Phillies and Mets on Friday night. The game's going to be on Apple TV at 7.05 Eastern. Taiwan Walker, he's 15-5 and this season with an ERA at 440. I'll take them against the Mets in this contest. Meanwhile, Chris Sale has returned. He's been okay. The left hand are 6-4 this year with a 466 ERA. Boston is at home against the White Sox. I'll take them Friday night as well and then you can put uh you can put the angels in a dirt nap they are done for the season Shoyo otani just had tommy john surgery again mike trout obviously done for the year they're in minnesota against the twins twins right now are almost 10 games over 500 i'll take minnesota at home against the lowly angels
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss
10: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new.
4: Let's welcome in long time. Detroit Tigers beat writer Jason Beck, 21-22 seasons covering the Detroit Tigers. Jason, a friend of mine, welcome to the podcast, buddy. How are you?
11: Good, Rob. How's everything going?
4: Everything is good. I cannot complain. I just felt like it was a good time to check in with the Tigers, see what's going on with the Tigers. I know they're not making a postseason Run or a trip or anything like that, but uh, I did want to find out where this organization is. Let's start here. Riley Green, one of their promising young outfielders, was having a great season 288, 11 home runs, 37 RBIs, 109 hits, had surgery. Uh, can you tell us about that and how this is going to affect
11: him going forward? Well, we're, we're still waiting for the final details, but you know, basically. He had a diving play in Chicago at the start of September, Uh, you know, felt something in the elbow. Um, They were hoping it was just a bruise. The next day he had some discomfort, some pain and swelling. You know, the swung was probably a little bit more than they expected. So they had to wait for the swung to go down, and then he went through a battery of tests. So it shouldn't be a long-term issue, but it clearly shortened his season this year. His season already been shortened by a month earlier in the summer when he had a stress reaction in his legs. So, you know, he's kind of had a little bit of an injury bug. Um, I I know it's been a criticism by some fans, but it's really been more freakish injuries. There's no real, like, pattern as far as, okay, he has a problem, this or that. It's more like different injuries, foul tips, you know, the diving catch, Runs into walls, so you know it's it's not a long term concern from that standpoint. It's more just okay. He need, he could really use a full season to settle in, you know, find his place in this lineup. And the Tigers Tigers could desperately use having him around for a full season because it's a different team when he's in there. Not just because of his ability, but because of his energy.
4: Speaking of a different team, it will be a different team next year as Miguel Cabrera is uh done with the Tigers. What is this like as we wind down his fantastic Hall of Fame career? I mean, he's done it all. He's been tremendous. Uh, what is that like? Is Miguel getting uh, you know, sentimental as the as the games dwindle down? He is actually.
11: He, you know, he admits he's probably gonna get emotional next week when they do the you know the farewell at home, you know, with the Miggy appreciation weekend for the final series of the year, but, but even the, the series before that, you know, they're going to get some big crowds for this. And obviously with where this team is, you know, it's, it's clear like a lot of these fans are showing up to get one last look at, at Miguel and, you know, arguably the greatest hitter of this generation or at worst one. of. So it's, You've really had a sense of this building all year. You've seen people coming to to get a look at them. Um, you know, I've never covered anything quite like it. Uh, it's very rare, as you know, Rob, that players get to go out like this to where there's like a farewell tour, right? And when it happens, it's even more rare that they have a productive season. And what we've seen this year is Miggy has overcome the injuries. He stayed healthy. Um, He's gone through a lot of treatment to stay out on the field, but when he's out there, he's shown the ability to hit. Is it the big time power that we remember from his prime years? No, but you see him thinking along with the pitcher. You see him going to the opposite field for hits and you see him doing what the situation requires. And in a subtle way, He has very quietly been one of this team's more productive hitters at age 40, which is incredible.
4: Our guest is Jason Beck from MLB.com. He covers the Tigers. Last thing, there are two teams uh, that haven't made the playoffs in quite some time, Uh, the Tigers and the Angels. In fact, neither team has made it since 2014. Um, Where are the Tigers going from here? Jason, are they dipping into free agency or are they just going to build and and hope that one of their blossoming young players becomes a star. What, what should we expect the Tigers to do, or just stay pat and continue to do what they have been doing, which is not making a playoff?
11: I think they're going to dip into the market now. You know, they have some payroll space with McGee's salary off the mark. Uh, you know, off the books. Um, I don't expect like a huge splash. They like the core that they're building here. Um, they kind they see Riley Green. Spencer Torquilson and Kerry Carpenter is kind of a core for this lineup that they can build around. Um, you know, it, it's not a good market to go looking for superstars this year. And they've kind of haven't struck gold when they've gone looking for big time free agents in recent years, the, the hobby bias contract being a good example. Uh, but, you know, you can see under Scott Harris that this is a team that's looking to find competitive advantages and trying to unearth some gems, maybe in ways where, you know, they might see some guys who fit for their style of play in their ballpark better than they might fit in other places. And in the AL Central, you're you're really only one big one big push away from, you know, being a division contender. So it it wouldn't take a lot, even with just natural progression for some of these young guys and influx from some other young hitters. You know, they have Justin Henry Malloy and Cole Keith on the way who they like a lot. Jace Young probably isn't far off, you know, for the first time in a while, you know, there's a good young offensive core here. And I think what they would like to do is maybe complement that more than, than try to build from, you know, from outside, like they did, under Dombrowski. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's incredible, Rob. You know, Ferkelson is one home run away from 30. The Tigers haven't had a homegrown player hit 30 home runs for this team since Curtis Granderson in 2009. Wow. Like, that's incredible. Like, you would think almost by accident that you could happen upon a guy to be able to do that. And I know that they've that they built – from stars coming in from other clubs for a good long time. But just it's incredible that, that no one has gotten there in like 13, 14 years. So that's, you know, that says a lot. And the fact that they have other guys who they think could hit 30 homer seasons in a Tigers uniform, I, I think is a, a source of promise here that they haven't had for a long time. His name
4: is Jason Beck. He's one of the best. He covers the Tigers. For over 20 years, which I can't believe, but uh, he does it. Does a great job. Check him out at MLB.com. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you.
11: Thank you, Rob. Anytime. Thanks for
3: having me on. Now bring in the closer. Strike Strike three. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close.
4: Reason number 559 why Major League Baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL. The regular season matters. Yes. More so in the NBA. You know what? the regular season doesn't really matter. It matters for the most part in football. But here we are, Major League Baseball, the 2023 season. We have two weeks left until the regular season is over. And 23 of the 30 teams are still mathematically alive. Is this on? Did you hear me? Yes. 23 of the 30 are still alive. That leads to excitement. People still wanting to come to the ballpark, still wanting to uh, check out their team. I know football season has started. People are getting antsy about basketball, all that. Baseball is still alive as far as the regular season. I was got to admit I was wrong. I was wrong about the wild card. I was a traditional guy. I wanted it to stay the way it was when I was a kid and all that. Hard to argue when 23 teams are still alive in the MLB playoffs uh, race for the wild card, and we don't even know what's going, who's going to make the playoffs at this point. I think that's pretty amazing, and that's a good reason why baseball is still in my eyes, King. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be
0: an inside the Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.
1: The Black Effects presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie.